Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Elaine and Diane are certified coaches with personal experience raising children with challenges such as ADHD, anxiety, and more, and extensive experience in guiding parents to raise their complex kids with confidence and calm. On the podcast, Elaine and Diane interview experts, bringing you cutting-edge information about your child's challenges, teach you real-life strategies to create lasting change, and demonstrate how coaching can guide you to parent your complex kids one conversation at a time. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. Diane, today's topic is a good one. Oh, it is. It is. We're (laughs) talking about well-meaning friends and family and judgment and pity Pity. and shame and all kinds of cool stuff. So we're recording this before the holidays are in full force, but already have started. And by the time you hear it, you will be probably full force in some kind of a winter holiday break or observance or something like that. Well, and a lot of talk about what we thought you'd really need to hear right now. Right now, right. Well, (laughs) and a lot of, a lot of my clients came back from Thanksgiving kind of rolling their eyes and frustrated because they were with family members or they were with friends And there was all this sort of fear that, oh my gosh, are my kids going to be able to hold it together? You know, is my whoever in law going to be like, all you have to do is just be tougher on her and she'll be fine. You know, it's, it's all this stuff that happens when parents just people, and maybe it's even teachers sometimes too, right? It's a sort of people who don't get our kids, who don't understand what is really going on for them and then give you well-meaning advice, but it comes off kind of backhanded sometimes even. Well, and and so here's what came up as you were talking about that is that sometimes it's before we really understand. Mm. So you do you're you're telling about talking about your client, clients and I just remembered this one Thanksgiving when one of my kids was 5 at Thanksgiving was at my house and they couldn't hold it together and I didn't understand and I didn't handle it well. I mean Full disclosure, I really, you know, made the kid go to the room and I was like, and I, I punished and consequenced for what I later understood was just overwhelm and emotional overload, right? Yeah, it was so much. There were so many people in the house and it was, and now I can look back and go, I cannot believe I did that. But at the time, I didn't really understand what was going on. And, you know, so we, we talk about pity and we talk about judgment, right? Or sympathy and judgment. Sometimes it's it's the judgment of others, and sometimes we're judging ourselves, right? Well, yeah, I would, let me jump in on that, because I think that what happens is that if somebody says something to you, and you secretly judge yourself for the same thing, it's going to mm-hmm. it's gonna resonate. Like, and I always tell this story, it's like if somebody, if somebody were to criticize, I drive a Mazda, and if somebody were to come in and say, oh, Mazdas are terrible, they're the worst cars ever, blah, 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 I would be like- You love your Mazda, I right? love my Mazda. I'm like, you're totally- you know, you're totally this, but if somebody came in and said, oh, I'm trying to think of something that I doubt about myself, you know, it's like, if somebody comes in and says something that you doubt about yourself, that part in the back of your brain that goes, oh, wait, maybe they're right. 
Right. It's super loud and it vibrates against what they say. And then the judgment is like exaggerated and our own secret judgment or even overt judgment comes in and we're, we get hooked by it, right? We create yeah. stories. We say, oh, this is terrible. I must be a bad mom. Well, this and, kid is never going to succeed. And I've got to stop this now. Like what yeah. I'm thinking about was that in that moment, like I remember, and I, I don't know if my dad looked at me or not, but I, I can, in high, I can make up the story, it. right. That I was trying to prevent this explosion from happening. So I didn't trigger that person's response. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's really common. It's like that sort of, that's, that's your story. Oh my gosh. Don't misbehave. We're going to get in trouble with dad, right? Even though you're an adult. <laughs> Even though I'm an adult and it's in my house, right. right? But I think a lot of us, we walk on eggshells because we know that one triggered reaction is likely to trigger a cascading effect of other triggered reactions. And so we want to keep that one first moment from exploding. Um, so part of this is about managing upsets and triggers, which I think wasn't what we thought we were talking about when we started. Right? We talk but about that a lot. Is. If you go back and it listen to another podcast there. about upsets and triggers. But then there's this other thing that's about like, so, you know, we've been talking a lot this year about, about the way that diagnoses come out and how many parents tend to want to avoid diagnoses of their kids because they don't want the label. And yet sometimes that diagnosis is what helps a kid understand themselves, right? If we don't give them an explanation, what they make up for themselves is a whole lot worse. They're going to make up that they're lazy, crazy, or stupid. And so, you know, some of our diagnosis, like if you've got a kid who's diagnosed with ADHD, there tends to be a lot of judgment around it. Before you got to that diagnosis, there was usually a judgment of the parents. There was usually a judgment of the kids. There was, it was a behavior disorder. There were all these things. It's different when you get a diagnosis of, say, dyslexia or autism, right? Because there's a lot of of concern or sympathy or understanding that tends to come with those diagnoses and a lot less judgment. Well, and this came up this week. There was an article about uh, the increase in diagnosis for autism right right now. And it is astonishing how much it has increased over the last 10 years. Because we understand it so much better. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that kind of went on in the back of my head was maybe, you know, five or 10 years ago, there was a similar article about increases in ADHD. And And what did the media do? The media was like, oh, it's a bunch of BS. This isn't really going on. It's a bunch of, you know, this isn't real. Bad parents and, you know, isn't it really overdiagnosed and... Right. So there's this kind of stigma around some of these conditions more so than others, particularly if there's a behavioral impact. And I think we as parents have to not only deal with managing our own thoughts around that, but then also deal with the way that that shows up in our extended families. Well, and then the other side of it is people giving advice, right? It's this sort of this, I was talking to a client today, right? And and it was exactly that. It was six-year-old girl with explosive emotions, power struggles constantly. And I mean, the, the kid is clearly overwhelmed by life, but everybody's like, you just gotta, you know, you just gotta crack gotta the whip. Discipline. You gotta be tougher with her. You gotta <laughs> discipline. And it's like, if you discipline the kid, I mean, I had a kid like that as well. If I tried to discipline her, she'd be like, it would escalate the situation, right? It's a mm-hmm. sort of, I'd, I'd give her a consequence and she'd like, I'll see your consequence and raise you three more. You know, it just, right. that was the way it worked, right? Well, there's this power struggle element to it that's that's underneath all of it. And 
you know, on the one hand, we're adults living our own lives and parenting our own kids. But on the other hand, we're still living with the scripts and the stories that we were raised with, with all of the experiences that we bring to it. We're dealing with our own imposter syndrome and our own worries about, about how we're yeah. handling it. And I don't know when it was for you. It was definitely not until I was after 40 before I stopped listening so much to all of the other, the outside world and started paying attention to my own inner compass. Well, and I think that it's hard not to though, because I think that that's the thing. It's like, you're out at a social event and you, you know, you're sharing with your friends and you're talking about what's going on in your life. I mean, we've got complex kids. It is probably one of the the biggest things, or if not the biggest thing that's going on in our life. And so we're going to want to talk about it with the people who are close to us and they want to be helpful and give advice and thoughts, but they can only do so from their own worldview. And so they don't, they don't understand that these kids don't remember the consequences don't work the same way with these kids, that they don't remember that if they call their brother a name, they're going to get in trouble. I mean, they don't, you know, it's like all of these things that they just don't, they, they don't, don't learn they from don't their successes the and they don't yeah. learn from their failures. And that makes it really, makes it really, really hard. hard, right? It's a sort of, you can't, you can't threaten a consequence because they won't remember it. No. Well, and so it's funny you say that because you want to talk to your friends. And I remember getting to a point where I didn't want to talk to my friends. Mm-hmm. And there were two things that came up. So I'm thinking about not only having my kids and having explosions and eruptions and all that, but I had a, a fairly explosive husband. And then he was struggling with depression for a long time. And I really didn't want to tell anybody about that. And he didn't want me to tell anybody. So there I am isolated because my family feels like it's fallen apart and I can't talk to anybody because he doesn't want the shame that he thinks will come with it. And so I'm not getting the support I need. And so what I want to say is if you're dealing with a spouse who's struggling with issues, it's really important to get the help for yourself, some place for you to get support for you, not with someone telling you what to do, because I had one friend who kept giving me advice and, and bless her heart. She wasn't married. She didn't have kids. She, you know, right. like I love her and it wasn't helpful. Right. And so you really want somebody who will, who you can feel safe to talk to about it, to just let them witness and know what you're going through. Sometimes well, that's half of it. Right. Well, and let's just be really clear. Cause you said for spouses and some of you are Partners. parents, yeah. as, as some of you are parents and are not getting help for yourselves as parents. And so being in a community of other parents that get it is absolutely critical as well. And what's coming up is you're saying that because it's like, if you've got a a difficult situation with a spouse, I mean, I, my spouse was an alcoholic and I, you know, I had all of that, that I dealt with for years and years and years. And I think that people either people know how to feel sorry for you, have that, have pity, like, Oh, this is so true. That must be so terrible. That must be so hard. Or they, they want to give you advice or they want to, I mean, it's just like, there's, there's not, and maybe we should give some people advice about how to, how to handle Deal it with, if you're in, if you're in that situation, wait, right? So, so they want to feel sorry for you or they want to tell you what to do, right? Because they want or, to be helpful. And they are, and that's the thing is that most often, most often the people we're talking to, you know, I got to hope that your friends and family are people who love you and, and do want what's best for you. Sometimes it may not feel that way. No, it's true. For sure. I read a, I read an article once called Bless Her Heart. She just doesn't understand about a member of the family who I really do believe was trying to be helpful and just did not understand and didn't get it. And so knowing that that's real and that 
you know, our ability to kind of hold that and not judge that and to stay present in that is hard. Yeah, it is. But if we can assume their best intention, that's, that's the first place I would look where, what else would you offer? Well, I think the other piece of it is just, you can hear someone's advice and say, thank you. Thank you. Yes. For the generous offer. And, and then in your head go, well, yeah, that won't work, but thanks. Thank <laughs> thanks, you for, thanks for talking. Thanks for your advice. This is, you know, it's a, it's a big, great, you know, see it as a gift from them because that's really ultimately what most of the time it is, is a gift and, you know, figure out how to filter it and go somewhere else and get some support and some help that is really more knowledgeable and understanding of what's going on in your specific situation. So I am reminded like, and I'm trying to figure out when probably eight, 10 years ago, you and I did wrote something about what's the difference between therapy, coaching, and friends. Do you remember this Mm -hmm. at all? Yeah. And because, you know, therapist is where you're going to deal with your, your emotional stuff and your, your core wounds and your life history and all that stuff, right? You're looking back. you're going from a place of dysfunction to function. Right. And friends are where you go to vent, to let it out, sometimes to get advice, right? You know, whether it's girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, but it's that, it's that place to just be able to just be you, be real. But oftentimes Friends give each other advice, as you were saying earlier, based on their own experience. Right? Well, and they, they have a hidden agenda, right? It's a sort gonna, of- yes, that's what I was going to say. And they have an agenda. They want for you or they right. want what they think they that they see is important for you. Go ahead. You say it. No, say I was going to say the same thing. They want something for you. They have an agenda for you or they see it through their lens. I was talking to somebody last night and I was trying to be a friend, but I was I realized I'm like, I am only and I said this to the person I was like. I want to be helpful, but I can only see this situation through my lens. I can't see it through where you sit. Mm-hmm. Help me, give me some more perspective of how you see it so that I can like sit in your seat more concretely and, and give you thoughts based on how you see it and not how I see it, if that makes any sense. Totally, totally. And so coaching, and this is how I've been describing it lately, coaching is allowing you, somebody giving you the place to have a conversation with yourself. Mm. So that you're giving yourself your best advice. And I know you think you may not know it yet, but you actually do know what you really need to know or figure you have the capacity to figure it out. Or given options or given options and ideas, which is a lot of what coaches and trainers and things like that do. You can say, yes, this, or wait, yes, this, know that, you know, kind of sifting through and figuring out, you know, what, what feels like a place to start. Yeah. Um, or, or and so an action to take. So that notion of a conversation with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody's holding up a mirror and letting you talk to yourself. And I think what what I love about the of, about our coaching community is that we've trained all these other parents to stop giving advice off the top of their head and start listening and asking questions before they start saying, well, we tried this or we tried that. It's like really letting people explore what they're going through before they start to solve it. Well, and that's the piece I was going to say. I think about the fact that we teach the tool. One of the tools we teach in sanity school and we teach parents to use this with their kids is ACE. Mm -hmm. Acknowledge and show compassion and then explore, right? And and I think that what happens is we do the same thing in in adult relationships. It's just sort of, we we jump to the solution. We jump to the the strategy, the idea, the suggestion, the whatever. and, And we don't take the time to really see and acknowledge for the other person, wow, 
what the feeling is. Wow, I can tell you're really worried about this. Wow, I can tell this is really frustrating for you. Wow, I can tell that this is just throwing you for a complete loop. I mean, it's just like, and even finding a way to ask for that from your family members or your friends. I mean, that could be, that can be hard because, you know, it's not easy to talk about emotions, but what you really need is for somebody to see you and witness your struggles. Well, so I was just thinking about, I was, I was talking to a girlfriend of mine over the weekend and I can't even, I cannot remember what the topic was, but I, I, I had a death in my family. I had a rough weekend. I was, I was processing some stuff and she was suggesting something. And I finally said to her, I really appreciate what you're offering. And right now I really am not looking for advice or for problem solving. I just need you to listen. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a design, right? It's another tool we teach is, is design. And she was able to hear me and go, oh, yeah, 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 cool. What do you need? And to really just, I just needed to talk and I needed to be upset and I needed someone to listen without telling me what to do about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's hard with people who love us because they want to help make it better. Yeah. Well, they do. And I think that that, so then, you know, I know everybody's out there going, well, so what do you do about it? So number one is ask, find ways to ask for what you need when you can, right? It's just sort of, you know, uh, designing with your friends and family and those sorts of things, Uh, ignoring, ignoring the well-meaning advice and being, and seeing it as a gift rather than a, you know, a judgment or a criticism or whatever else. And Uh, wait real quick, you can find an article about that on the website called relationships by design. Okay. And then the other thing that I think we forget, and, and I want to kind of put a plug in here because the other place, a lot of times our parents will hear judgment is from school mm-hmm. um, or from parent, you know, other adults who are working with their kids, whether it's a scout leader or a coach at school or at, at church or, you know, it's you a, just need to get them up earlier. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and need and to get them so, out of the door on time. Oh yeah. Really? I never thought of that. <laughs> So a reminder that part of our role as parents, whether we like it or not, is is education, right? And so finding ways to share information with the people that you think would value getting that information would be willing to receive the information about what really is going on for your kiddo can be another helpful tool that you could bring into the mix. So whether it's coaches or teachers or therapists or whomever, really helping them understand from your perspective, you know, and I remember in the early days feeling like I'm just a mom, right? What do I know? I'm not an expert in this. Well, you know more than you moms know more than anybody than about their kid, particularly. Right. Well, and that's, that's what I had to come to accept and to trust is that I knew more. But it took a long time. And so I think that's that's another thing I would offer to people is to really look at what do you trust about what you know and what your instincts are as a parent and to, to give yourself permission to trust your instincts as a parent. Because very often our kids are so outside the box that we really have to flip recommended whatever on its head and meet the kid we've got, not the kid everybody else thinks we should have. Well, and the reality is that for the challenges we're talking about, whether it's anxiety or autism or ADHD or whatever else, there are so many different flavors of this, right? It's yeah. just sort of, it shows up, so executive function challenges show up so differently at different ages and different kids and different weeks and different moments. And people need help to understand how your child's challenge really does present itself. I mean, I, I, how many times have you sat down with a parent who said, well, is this their ADHD or is it a bad kid? And it's like, 
Yes, it's their ADHD. Well, that's their ADHD. You know, it's like, and they sit down and they start listing stuff. And it's like, yep, that's their ADHD. Yep, that's their autism. Yep, that's their executive function challenge. And it's all of this stuff because we're talking about executive function, which is literally what helps us to manage our life and manage our emotions. Everything we think or do or feel is impacted by our executive function, which is exactly what most of these kids are challenged with. Yeah. All right. So, so if we're going to wrap this up, here's what I'm hearing. Right. So if, if our topic is how to handle well-meaning family members and friends, right, then what I've heard is assume best intention, give them the benefit of doubt, know that they're caring and loving and assume that they are, even if you're not sure they are. Mm-hmm. I've heard use the ACE method. That's something you can look up on the website, ACE, ACE method, which is acknowledgement and compassion before you get to problem solving. I heard relationship design the conversations. That's another tool. I heard really trusting your own instincts as a parent and giving yourself permission to trust yourself. Well, and I would take that a step further, which is checking your own judgment, right? It's this sort of really watching and noticing when, you know, where is it that you're feeling like your kid's behavior is because you're a bad parent or where is it that you're a bad kid or they're a bad kid, right? right? Or that you're terrified. We use the word catastrophizing. It's like, where are you catastrophizing that this kid is having a hard time standing in line in first grade? And you're afraid that he's never going to make it to college because of his behavior in first grade. That's catastrophizing. But so, so watch and, and be aware of where your own judgment shows up. And then the last thing that I heard that we didn't restate was your job. Part of your job is educating because you know your kid better than anybody else. And so wear that role, take on that role, get help to have that role. I mean, I think that that's the thing is a lot of us don't feel equipped to even explain our kids to someone else. Mm -hmm. And doing one of our programs, learning more about executive function, learning as much as you can about your kid and figuring out what flavor is your kid enough to be able to help other adults understand it can be a really helpful tool as well. Yeah. And I want to just reiterate that that piece you just said about like, there is very often in the world of complex kids, there's often a context of judgment that's happening. Well, judgment or pity, right? And neither of those are particularly constructive or helpful. Mm -hmm. And both of them assume something's wrong or broken. And so if we can look at what's going right and what's, you know, without judging it or feeling sorry for it and just take it kind of matter of fact as this is what it is, how do we want to help improve that? How do we want to make it, you know, invite someone to make it better and leave the judgment and the pity at the door? And it's hard, right? Yeah, it is. And if we, when we can do that, we can embrace matter of fact, we can embrace possibility and that's a huge shift for our kids. Well, and again, it's that sort of, and I'm going to put a plug in this because you said this, it's not about fixing. It's about managing. Most of these kids' challenges are about yeah. managing, not fixing. And if we got to get out of that fix it mindset and into a, how do we manage this mindset that can make all the difference in the world in terms of your perspective. And then you can help educate and support and get other people to kind of come on board with that same perspective. And empower your kids to believe that it's possible. Right. Like that's so key. When I think back to my, to that kid at five years old Thanksgiving, I wasn't empowering that kid to believe that they could pull it together and be able to come back to Thanksgiving. 
right? Or that they could choose to not pull it together and stay away from Thanksgiving. I wasn't empowering because I was so needing them to do what I needed them to do that I wasn't paying attention to what they needed to do. And we're going to do that sometimes too. And so the sooner we can notice it, the sooner we can stop it, redirect it, apologize, which is a conversation that may happen tonight, (laughs) many (laughs) decades later. Awesome. Anything else? No, this is, there's so much in here and a good conversation. So So what I want to leave you with as we close this conversation is just remember this stuff is complicated. It's not easy. And all this family togetherness just amps it up, right? And the stuff that comes out with our families is often, we often save the worst, not the best for our families. So, you know, give yourself some grace show yourself some some love in the context of this and just, you know, incremental little baby steps, one step at a time. Thanks Take for care, all you everyone. do for yourself and your kids. We're glad you're here. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.